Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Theater 10 podcast, a podcast where we, three film students, will be talking about films that played in over 600 theaters exactly 10 years ago. Yeah, we've got a real double feature today. I'm Kenneth. Um, I am Owen. Sorry, Matt. I just cut you off. (laughs) And um, I'm Matt. Yeah, we've got a real good one for you. The weekend is what again, Owen? Uh, we this will be March twenty fifth, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and we've got two movies opening. One is a surreal, mind bending psychological adventure, and the other is Zack Snyder's Sucker Punch. Yeah, only things that rule this weekend. Only uh, Roderick so and. Um... I don't know, girls, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> no, no. Not, not Sucker Punch. I think girls rock. Yeah. I think girls rock. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Um, so kind of talking about what we want to do here is we want to... We will be talking about, as we went over, the films that played in over 600 theaters, wide release as Google defines it, um, weekly. So that, that leads us to this weekend, our first episode march 25th um unfortunately there are a bunch of 2011 movies um we have we will not get the chance to talk about simply because we decided to start this podcast in march and not january which probably would have been this was an important start by date you know like this was the hard limit um we couldn't miss this we couldn't miss this date yeah however there are a lot of very special movies that we did um unfortunately miss yeah so I'm just going to list some of these off, you know, feel free to say some reactions if you feel inclined. Thoughts, or, comments, concerns. Yeah, just, just a quick <laughs> recap, you know, something to set the stage for 2011 as, I have, as a year. I have a question. Do we have uh, first weekend of January? Is there a horror m- ro- movie release? Um, like horror adjacent. Okay, close enough. Okay. Like trashy. But very trashy. We got Season of the Witch starring Nicholas Cage. Oh Page. boy! The first movie of 2011. Not uh, not to be confused with The Last Witch Hunter. Right. No, not to be confused with The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, then we had the wide release of Country Strong. Of course, of course. Of course. Good it. movie. Good movie. Do y'all Never know? Um, do y'all know Summer Girl? By it's Leighton Meester in that movie, right? Yes. Oh my God! Smash hit. Yeah. Big it's Gwyneth big... Paltrow, Tim McGraw. Uh, Garrett Headland, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big couple months for Meester, as we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Keep it going. Then Keep we, it going. Then we had Sony's like big budget, uh, for some reason, January release, The Green Hornet. Who could forget it? I think we A all lot know of people why that could was... forget it. We... <laughs> Directed by we... Michelle Gondry, too. Yep. So strange. I think we all know why that was a January release. <laughs> any, any of us who saw that movie. A movie yep. I own on uh, Amazon Video in standard definition. Cheers. Congrats. Um, then we got Ron Howard's The Dilemma, of course. What if there was a dilemma? Yeah, yeah. Um, then we got No Strings Attached. Not to oh, be confused not with Friends be, with Benefits. Yeah, not to be we'll confused. get to that. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, Maybe that we know lots about now. Yeah, we, yeah, we unfortunately at, uh, lost on our trivia contest on some Friends with Benefits, No Strings Attached. Um that was a brutal, brutal yeah. round. However, brutal however, round. to be to our credit, we got every single question right in that. We round. really navigated through it, though. There was a lot of yelling and back and forth. It was it was a tense it was a tense match that it time. It was tense, but um, I stuck to our guns, and thankfully, we were right about Natalie making uh, more money. 
That's right. That's right. Um, then we had a, a poster that exists, but the movie absolutely does not. Um, the right. Starting oh, Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. A poster that does exist. Right? <laughs> it's so <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> like, never seen a trailer. Don't Haven't seen a frame of footage, but I know that poster like the back of my hand. It's so wrong that it's right. <laughs> I know it is the movie that's not Legion. Yeah. 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 Legion was 2010. Uh, then we got The Mechanic. I think that's the Jason Statham Yeah, movie. that's a Statham joint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With uh, a then, sequel that comes like five years later. Right, right, right. Mechanic Resurrection. Uh, then we got, yes, as you mentioned, a big, a big month from Easter. It's The Roommate. Good movie. Well, not really, but it's kind of fun. I don't know. It's fun. It's good. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, next we got a movie I was excited for, Sanctum. Oh my gosh, we could talk a little bit about Sanctum. In 3D. In 3D. Yeah, produced by James Cameron. Yep, Lightstorm, baby. Imagine, was... it's crazy that Lightstorm Entertainment like makes no movies, but they're like, you know what, we'll do Sanctum. Because I think it's just yeah. the combination of it's 3D and underwater. So James Cameron was like, <laughs> we got to get on it as soon as possible. It's, <laughs> it's like two movies a decade for Lightstorm. And Sanctum like probably was going to be a documentary or something. And then they were like, yeah. I don't know, what if we threw... I cannot name a person who's in Sanctum. Why Owen Gruffund. Owen Gruffund. Oh, he is? Okay, yeah. yeah he's the Mr. main guy. Mr. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, then we have... I, I know this you because know. I was deep diving on the Wikipedia page during work the other day. Trying For to figure Sanctum. out what the fuck happens. I was like, is there a monster? Is it like... No, there's a Sanctum. They're yeah, just what underwater. If there was a sanctum. That's just it. Underwater. Yeah. Um, then we have our first Happy Madison production. Just go with it. Oh, good. Uh, Huge Not. <laughs> I keep saying good movie every time I recognize a movie. That's not necessarily the case. But, but it was fun. It. Oh, did they go people with people it? Were going I went with, with it. it. Nicole yeah. went with it. Come on. Her wig stylist went with it. I have I mean, not Nicole, seen Just Go Jennifer with Aniston, it. it. No, no, Nicole Kidman's no, in the movie. Right. Nicole Kidman is in Just Go with it. Yeah. Every time like I'm looking at the interest, Nicole. Right? Kidman filmography, it's always like just go with it's there. And I'm like, yeah. no, because it's Jennifer Aniston's the main love interest. But is she yeah. like the charming friend? <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen it. I forget like, I what her imagined... role is in it. I'm going to pull up I'm going to pull up uh, Nicole Kidman just go with it because I know that she's got something going on in that movie. Well, everyone's just Oh, I think she's it. the mean ex-wife. Yeah, she. I, she's something like that. That sounds right in for a happy poster, Madison. There's production. like a woman walking Oh, right. And, and she that's ha- Nicole. Yeah, and she has a like um, hula off with Jennifer Aniston at the um, at the like vacation they go on. Oh, okay, right, yeah. right. Like right. I see ex-wife, I can understand her being cast as. I can't imagine a world where she's like the sassy best friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that doesn't seem like Sandler style. Uh, next, we got, of course, Justin Bieber. Never say never. Three D. Yep, 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 yep. Yes, it we do. It definitely happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all we can. Shout say. out to our dear friend Tiffany Carbon, who will always regale us with the story when um, the Friday it came out, she wanted to go, and her parents said no, and she cried on her bed for like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tiff, come on the pod if you're listening. You'll be on it. It's a shame yeah. we missed everything. All of our friends. She would have been the guest on the episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we got Nomeo and Juliet. Um, of course, we who could forget? Um, of course, America did by the time Sherlock Gnomes rolled around. Yep. Yeah. The um, children of of Long Island didn't forget, baby, because they were <laughs> seated for Sherlock Gnomes. I'll tell you the that only much. ones. Um, then we got the Eagle. Um, oh my God, the Eagle. Or, yeah, uh, Channing Tatum. 
pre twenty twelve is just not Eddie, right? Disaster. Just just the Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> not neither Sam either. No. Oh. Um, next we got unknown uh, Jean Claude Sarah. We love him. Mm-hmm. But I've seen that movie. I've seen that movie. Yeah. I can't tell you a thing about it. But Diane Kruger is in it. I remember was she was unknown. fun. He was she... unknown. Uh, next we got I am number four. Bad not movie. number three. <laughs> not number two. Not number one. Four. I believe Rolling in the Deep plays in that, right? Right, it does. It okay. does. Yeah, right. that sounds right. That sounds I remember right. that was the yeah. first time I heard that song. I was like, this is a good song. At, yeah. I am number four. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Post-Twilight Cinema is really going to kick in on some of the ones I've Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 That's, yeah. I think I am number four is the beginning of that. Mm-hmm, at least definitely. in 2011 uh next we got big mamas like father like son mm-hmm. um, yeah, an early example of post twilight cinema <laughs> a trilogy i've been meaning to sit down and watch for some reason yeah um next we got hall pass truly really one of the most deeply demented diabolical posters. yeah diabolical like, motion you see picture. that image and you're like i never ever want to see my dad yeah, loves true. that movie like, loves that. Sorry to your dad. Sorry. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, next, next, we got Rango. Uh, uh, so yeah. I. Oh my God. So we're coming up on something. We're coming up on a good one next week. <laughs> yeah, I think I know what you're talking. Hell about. yeah. Yep. yep. Um, a movie I've always wondered what this movie's actually about. Um, the Adjustment Bureau. What's going on? The adjustment bureau. Uh, they had to make some adjustments. Consider your future adjusted. Isn't that the tagline? Yeah, that yeah. is the tagline, from what I remember. Uh, who knows? Maybe who you knows? need to adjust your search bar and put it in. Um, unfortunately, the second Alex Pettifer movie here, we got Beastly. Um, oh, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the not the last time Vanessa Hudgens will be mentioned today. That's what oh was, so. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got Battle Los Angeles. Who could forget? Great trailer. Yeah, great trailer. Whatever movie. Yeah, I whatever movie. But TNT, they love it. They yeah, love TNT it so runs much. that movie like nothing else. They, uh, I swear, we... they have like a contractual obligation from Sony Pictures. You need to play this eight times a year, or else yeah. there will be legal consequences. <laughs> Uh, next we got Red Riding Hood. Um, oh my god! Again, post Twilight Cinema in action. Yep. yep. Um, finally. Um, Thank you. Let's get to it. Let's get to okay, it. Okay, we got four more to go. Uh, we got Mars Needs Mom. That's exactly course. what I was asking. Let's get to it. Vacuum, vacuum. <laughs> the movie that ruined Image Movers' uh, pictures forever. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, mm-hmm. so I would say. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to you know former employees of Image Movers Entertainment, but. No one wanted that. No yeah. one wanted it. Um, and we got Limitless. We're popping the pill. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we got The Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, Which my I guess God. was like the start of the reconnaissance, I guess. Oh. That was the first one. People were like, ooh, he's like a serious actor. So can someone explain to me the plot of The Lincoln Lawyer? No. No he one's seen it. Oh, he's a lawyer. That's what what The Lincoln means. Okay, yeah. I didn't know that. So I don't know. <laughs> that was illuminating. Lincoln, he right. drives Lincoln in commercials. Um, he does. He does. And finally, Paul. Oh, Paul. Sure. Yeah. My one friend insisted on watching that movie for so many years while we were like high because it was, uh, it was the poster in my AMC um, near mm-hmm. my house, and 
he would just be like, oh, that movie looks so horrible. Ha ha. We need to watch it and get high. Ha ha ha. And then we watched it. And it's, it's like not funny. I don't think we finished it. Yeah. It was not great. That's Edgar a, that's Wright, a strange right? Movie. Edgar Wright? No, it's not Edgar Wright. It's because it's like the whole thing at that movie is that they like Americanized the Simon Pegg, Nick Frost duo. And it's like a Greg Matola movie, I want to say. Right. Yeah. Doesn't exist. Who cares? Well, yeah, no, it was like really bad. Yeah. Was really bad. <laughs> we could talk about a movie that's great, funny, and a classic, unlike the film Paul. Let's get into a little great film. Transition. Number one at the box office on the weekend of March 25th, 2011. Diary of a Wimpy Kid, Roger Gruels. Thank you, Kenny, very much. Of course. For that introduction. Of course. Nice transition. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, this movie. I think it's the reason I, I was really pushing that we need to start this podcast. Yeah, time. I think it would have been a deep shame if Owen didn't get to speak his piece on <laughs> Roger Rules. Uh, we needed to start a, a dialogue about this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's about damn time. That's what I gotta say. <laughs> um, so this is probably the most excited I've ever been for a movie pre-release, right. I want to say. Like, I don't even know... I guess Wimpy Kid Fever was just at an all-time high. I was buying in. I was literally, like, making my mom buy me Converse because I wanted to look like Greg Halfway. Really? Oh, my yes, God. Yes, that is a true story. Slay. Slay. Uh, Slay. I had, like, the Diary of Wimpy Kid Ugly Truth poster in my room, which I still got from the library. Good oh, stuff. wow. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. I thought you movie... were talking about, like, the Ugly Truth, like the... No, I'm Gerard. referring to the fifth book where he goes through puberty. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I-, I read that book trust yeah yeah i yeah i was all in on that point um and so this movie uh comes out exactly one year after the first film which was good in my opinion oh my mom obsessed with the first one we went to go see it and she was like comedy gold sign me up for more oh my god no (laughs) there's literally too many funny bits of that the chloe grace moretz role in it is always just very funny to look at it's very funny in retrospect in retrospect mary beth had taste when she picked that yeah yeah absolutely no absolutely um yeah but so total clips of heart baby oh my gosh great intergalactic dance come on That's, Who, who's doing it? Like wait, this? is the intergalactic dance the first one or this yeah, it's one? the first one. Oh, yeah. I I never get them straight. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we're a year out from the first Diary of a Wimpy Kid, as you said, and Wimpy Kid Fever. It's, it's literally all time. It's at all time high. Cases are through the roof. No vaccine. <laughs> no nothing. I am down with the sickness. That's oh yeah. I remember when kids used to get excited about movies based on books? That was weird. Yeah. In theaters too, crazy. Like, like, uh, what the fucking craze was like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, like about high school, like it was or middle funny. school, middle school. Sorry. It was so, it was too right. funny. It was too funny. It was too funny. Too Kenny's funny. right. So I had been actively following. I think this might honestly be like some of the rise of my um, deranged, um, you know, movie news tracking behavior. Right. Because I was following all development updates of Roderick Rules. It was green-lighted, I think, immediately after the successful opening weekend of the first movie. So they weren't um, filmed back-to-back? No, no. They were not. They just got into production, like, that summer. Quick turnaround. Huge quick turnaround. All three of them were t- 2010, 2011, 2012. Wow. Um, and so I was following. They released the first image. It's, it's uh, Greg and Roderick, you know 
pointing at the door. It says Roderick rules, and in the exact font it is spelled. Yeah, the... no, that's what that's kind of fun about the movies. They have a real attention to detail with the yes. like books. Very much so. Like most of the gags in the film are basically like right from the book, mm-hmm. like almost yeah. directly. Um, but. First of all, here's a, the one more story I have to tell before we get to the actual movie itself. Is that, so even with me following like all of this development news and everything, um, I was seated with my grandmother in the theater the day after Christmas for Gulliver's Travels. As we all oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 3D? You know, in 3D? It, I believe we went to 2D. Uh, um, what a shame. You didn't get the... 3D. You didn't, you didn't really take the journey then. You really didn't go travel with Gulliver if you didn't yeah, take Black the 3D plunge. Yeah, Black did not big. Um, uh, and then, you know, the movie's whatever. That doesn't matter. Um, Gulliver's Travels is not is worse than whatever. Okay, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a fucking plague upon this earth. Like, yeah. But, you know, I'm seeing for the trailers. It's your usual. You know, you got your, you got your Mars Needs Moms. You got your, I don't know, Rango was probably playing. Um... And all of a sudden, you know, I'm sitting there watching, get preparing to get to, to travel with Gulliver. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, you were doing your like, uh, you were packing your bags, you were making sure that you had all your toiletries lined up. You really, it was going to be a bit of a journey with Gulliver. <laughs> a long journey. Okay, yeah. so you were at Gulliver's travel. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an agency that Gulliver runs where it's like? It's like AAA, but they'll do a little like vacation package. He's for not Gulliver's part travels. of the Tiny People Island. Like, no, he, he is but like, what if he made a travel agency? I mean, it's Gulliver's yeah, Travels. Gulliver's That'd be a great travels. name for an agency. <laughs> Come on. I feel like if okay. someone was running an agency in that movie, it'd be Emily Blunt because she lives on the island and is tiny. Yeah, Emily Blunt congrat contractually obligated to be there and forced to drop out of <laughs> Iron Man Two. We all remember. Wait, um, what is this? Hold on, yeah, she was going to be Black Widow. Emily Blunt had a oh was going to be Black Widow. She, had she to was do cast Gulliver's in the role. Travels. Fox had like a contract with her <laughs> that she had to do another movie with them. So they put her in Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> oh my god, I would have quit acting right then and there. Like, I'm no, sorry. she got lucky. You think Scarlett Johansson wants to be in these fucking Marvel movies year after year? I guess. Hey, yeah, she's getting mad paychecks. Yeah, off she yeah. did it. She did it for a check. Yeah. Anyways, Gulliver. Oh, okay, back okay, to Gulliver. Okay. Wait, 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 back. Um, so I'm sitting watching the trailers before Gulliver's Travels, and you know this trailer opens. It shows a church. You hear the church bells ring. All of a sudden, a van pulls up. Who comes out of the van? Guess what? It's the Heffley family, hey, baby. Yeah, this is a surprise is. trailer for Roderick Rules. I couldn't believe it. It wasn't online. It was an in-theater-only trailer for, like, a week or two following the release of Gulliver's Travels. Had no idea it was going to be there, you know. And that spawned, like, moment. a Phantom Menace-level fan event where, like, right, people would yeah. just go to Gulliver's Travels just to see the trailer for Roderick Rule. And then immediately left. They sold, like, 95% capacity after mm-hmm. 10 minutes before the movie. <laughs> Empty theater. I don't That's think why Gulliver's Travels, ever... like, crossed 600 million at the box office. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. And Owen was so excited he left his bags ashore and didn't even make the journey. <laughs> No, didn't even get to travel. I wish I left my bags ashore when I went to go travel to Gulliver's. I don't think my brain has ever turned on as much as it did when 
a surprise Roderick Rules trailer came on so uh-huh. I could remember every detail and describe it to anyone, <laughs> whether they cared to or not, like my brother. It's like in psychology, they have like those like flashbulb memories where it's like people will be like at 9-11 and remember like the sight, the te- sense, like everything from that moment. Yeah. Like that's yeah. you with Roderick Rules. <laughs> yes, that is absolutely me with Roderick Rules. Um, you know, this trailer is kind of interesting because it has a few deleted scenes that aren't in the movie, such as um, Greg burping after drinking an entire liter of soda, which is a gag that is not present in the final cut. Um, it's like the Like a Boss trailer where there's a lot of gags not in the final cut. Exactly, yeah. Well, like slight line variations. I don't think that a normal person would completely miss if yeah. they weren't quoting it three times i'm sorry you didn't experience the like a boss like massive hype train going into it i i did experience it yeah i think we all experienced anyways yeah uh, the, the second trailer there my brain completely turned on every time it, it, it played mm-hmm. um so what do you think like inspired this like real adoration of like diary of a wimpy kid franchise like was it just because it was like relatable was it oh, funny absolutely because it was relatable like i think any asshole kid in you know fourth or fifth grade will reads greg hefley in jeff kinney's wonderful masterworks and is like that is me that is me like it, it spoke to a generation yeah in some regards the great american um, young adult novel they're yeah, very well written they're snappy the they're like so snappy i mean it helps that it's like basically full pages of like stick figure drawings but like, oh, each, each, you each go book through is 224 that. pages yeah and you like run through that shit mm-hmm. yeah exactly it's very and this is also in the era of like you know the scholastic book club like they're going to be pushing diary wimp kid like crazy Mm -hmm. like you're gonna get it if you're in if you're in a public school you're gonna get it oh um this is a little off topic but oh and you're a massachusetts head did you ever get to meet jeff kinney because i feel like that's an experience that a lot of like mass people have had I did get to meet Jeff Kinney much later down the line, actually. Yeah. I I met him when I was, like, I want to say it was, like, 14. Um, He was doing, like, a book signing, and my aunt knew I was a big fan. So, like, even though I had, like, kind of passed the wimpy kid craze at this point, I still got a signed copy. Um, I forget which which book it was, but it's, like, a lime green one. Um, Oh, that's Dog Days, I think. No, 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 no. It was, like, way past, like, when I was reading. So it was, like, like book, like, 9 or 10 or something. Like, we're in the Lockhart Hall era now, by the time right. I got a book signed by Jeff Kinney, which, you know, it would have been fundamental if it was back in this day. But, yeah. you know, I'm, Flex glad of the have, century. I'm glad I have it. Mm. Flex of the century. Um, yeah. Uh, another side tangent here is that, um, so, Kenny, you know how they released um, the Wimpy Kid movie diary? When yep. The first movie And I out? own it, yep. And then they did revised editions for um, Roger Rules and Dog Days. Yep. So I purchased um, the all three editions of the Wimpy Kid movie diary. Can you uh-huh. explain this to me a little bit? I don't understand this. It was like a making of book. Yeah. Like, told in the style of Diary of Wimpy Kid. It was also kind um, of informative. I, I really enjoyed reading it. So it's about the film's production. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good stuff. Um... So yeah, the week leading up to Roger Rules, I was like, going to school every day. I was like, it's almost Roger Rules time. It's almost Roger Rules yeah. time. Yeah, weren't we all? Ticking the clock. Um, and then the movie finally came out on Friday, March 25th. 
I made my sister uh, go with me to a 340 showing. Right out, right out school. of school. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's how it, the The dedication. The dedication. All time high. I think we missed some previews. I was a little stressed out. It was, it was a fun time for all. Um, <laughs> That's a so, near miss. I hate missing previews. Oh, I so so much. I too, I still do to this day. Unfortunately, we're all on the same page about that, right? We're just like yeah. I don't like missing previews, but also usually when it's like I have like the reserved seat. Sometimes, like well, usually I just end up. If you're going to the movies like three times a week in the AMCA list era, like you can, I can miss the previews. But like back in the day, I was very like, oh my god, I gotta see the previews. Like I'm not gonna. I don't know. I mean, I I get what you guys are saying. Like I'm not gonna kill myself, but like I almost always like. This, it matters. Like, I don't know. It's like one of the most fun parts of going to the movies. Because, like, imagine if I missed the trailers before Gulliver's Travels. Right. Come on. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, so I watched the movie. It was great. Loved it. Best movie ever. Right. Which, so, like, it is good. It is very good. I would say it's probably the best of the series. In undoubtedly. Film. Right? Undoubtedly. Films? Okay. I think this is easily the best of the series. I, I would agree. I would agree. I feel like it's sort of like a Scream 2 scenario where it's like even though they had a super short like turnaround time and it's like a little bit more of a rushed production, yes. I think it's like they don't have to do any of the setup and it's just like everyone's working at the top of their game and it's like just, you know, it's like the fan favorite if you're like a big fan yeah. of the franchise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's oh, You're yeah. enough into it that like you get it already, but there's mm-hmm. also like everyone is like settled into their roles doing the most. It's like bang, bang, bang. Everyone's The thing it. that this movie does the best, and I know the book does this as well, So and it was the second book, so they couldn't really change this, but focusing it on the relationship between Greg and Roderick is definitely the best decision they could have made because I think Roderick is the best character in this franchise. Really? Why so? Why so? Why not Patty Farrell? Think... <laughs> Why, <laughs> well, not Patty Patty Farrell? Farrell? Why not Patty Farrell? Why not Patty There's so many there's so many great characters, but I do think that Roderick has a screen presence and just this sort of um, I think he's the character that's held held up the best. Like, you watch these movies now, and you're like... Well, there was a certain Roderick renaissance a couple of years ago. The from... Roderick-sance? Yeah, yes. I'm, not, I'm not even thinking about the hashtag not my Roderick stuff, which, you know, whatever. We don't want to get that political here on the podcast. <laughs> that, that's our politics here. Um, and, like, just the fact, like, you know, when you're dealing with Roderick, you could deal with all these fun setups for set pieces. Right. Like, mm-hmm. the party sequence. Oh, the party sequence rules. <sighs> great, great scene, great scene. <laughs> like, Looks like a fun know. party. Yeah, everyone wants to be there. Like, uh-huh. it, Project X wants what Rod, Diary of a Kid Roger Rules has, absolutely. Has, yes. As like, a like, middle schooler, before I've had ever gone to a party, like movies with party scenes in them, like one of the highest cinematic entertainments. Like just like so cool, like so mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I would love watching like like it was very important to me if I watched a high school movie that it had like a party scene in it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. All the loaded diaper stuff is really the van, funny. the van, the, the van, van yeah. Funny. Um, just the fact that the entire climax of the movie is set at this talent show. I love where... a good talent show, except for like <laughs> Book of Henry. Love a good talent show. Yeah, but it's fun in a sequel here because you already know all the characters. Yeah, so, like when Patty Farrell's gonna get down and sing "Memory" from. Oh, Pat's, and like... she ate it up. Didn't leave a crumb on the table. <laughs> ate that shit up. 
<laughs> like you're just gonna like it's just payoff after payoff. Yeah, you're no, like, like we're riding. I <laughs> know Tom Hooper was in that theater taking notes after Patty Farrell did memory. Absolutely. Tom Hooper apparently didn't take like, enough notes. But... Not enough notes. No, the ink ran out in the pen about like five seconds in, and he just had to work with what he got. But notes were taken nonetheless. <laughs> and when they cut away from the performance to show Roderick like weeping, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. gag. Um, and so that they could set up the final loaded diaper performance where they perform exploded diaper. Mm-hmm. Too much applause uh, because Susan Heffley, who's iconic, oh, of course, um, is is dancing to the sidelines. Right. Um, Do you guys? I find I always was like one of my only issues with the film series. I will say, as a child, was that a lot of the characters don't look anything like their counterpart. Oh, they don't look the like series. stick figures. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but like the mom has like the big like circle yeah you're telling me manny doesn't have an alligator nose yeah you know they just didn't get it right i mean i will say that like rowley and frederick and frankly are like the two characters nailed it yeah they nailed those they look exactly like their counterparts however like yeah some of the other like roderick doesn't look anything like the book roderick yeah Yeah. well but he has the same energy and that's what matters yeah he does i wasn't nervous about it because at that age i knew that um diaper wimpy kid wasn't a photo diary uh, so. Okay. Well, I'm just a stickler. I don't know what else to say. I was one of those people who got mad when Annabelle had brown eyes or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Percy Jackson. In Percy like. Jackson. Yeah. Oh my god. Did we, Percy Jackson's 2010? Right. We're not it gonna talk about it. It was 2010. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Ah, no, I had a good time. I had a good time. Because <laughs> they play Lady Gaga. Oh, I, did have, I did like the poker face. Oh, scene. Like yeah. No, also like Uma Thurman as Medusa. <laughs> yes, that was classic. Yeah. That was classic. No, people yeah. were so upset about per- the Percy Jackson like movie. Have a little fun. If you want a direct adaptation of the book so bad, read the book. That's all I got to say. You know, and I think I think the Diary of Wimpkin movies do a good job of balancing yeah, yeah. things that you need from the books, but also by bringing in new stuff, such as the Holly Hills relationship that Greg has in this movie, which is not in the book particularly. I believe she's introduced in The Last Straw, which is the third book in the series. Um, but it works because, um, you know, I think by giving Greg a love interest, then... You know, it sort of uh, raises the stakes in a bit sure, um, yeah. for, mm-hmm. for him to try and understand Roderick's rules and to find out that Roderick does rule. Double he meaning. does. I think we can all agree that Roderick kind of rules. Like, yes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, isn't Chloe Grace Moretz kind of like a love interest in the first one, too? Not really. Not really she's kind no. of like just like the outsider. Like, all she's right. like, she's like the, great, the kid who's like older than them and is like, yeah, all the shit sucks. Like, yeah, that's her. Real she's role. like um, she's like the Jughead Jones of the uh, of the like Dire of a Whippy Kid world. Yeah, sure. I'm weird. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, the opening set piece at the Rollers Rink is great. Is set fun. piece. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. I mean, yeah. start way to start off with a bang. You're like, oh man, the energy's uh-huh. here. Like, I heard kicking. Beyonce was actually inspired to make her music video for Blow. Um, yeah. From, from a lot Roger of people Rules. were taking notes during Roger Rules, you know. A lot of people were. I like the part when Fragley gets the pizza out of the trash, and then there's the montage of them showing um, everyone sneezing into the pizza. I think that was actually the opening of Contagion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Then we have... Gwyneth Paltrow actually died from that pizza later on. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, you know, Greg is embarrassed. We have, then we get the introduction of Mom Box, um, which, um, you know, Roderick Mom Box is a to, great bit, both in the book bit. and in the movie. <laughs> Very Roderick finds a way to cheat the system yeah. by buying stuff from thrift, like Monopoly games from thrift stores and stuff. Right. You know, he, he really knew how to play the system. You know, there's a um, lot of clever writing. Like, I don't know what else to say yeah. except that Greg Kinney did a good job. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff Kinney. Greg is the main Sorry, character. Jeff Kinney. Yes, yes. Um, then this is one of the most important bits in the movie is when, um, and it doesn't really connect to anything, it's just funny, is when um, Greg starts pretending that Chirag doesn't exist. Right, yeah. That he's been stuck in India. Um yep. Which is a bit that I think has retained through generation. Um, everyone's still still pretending their friends are in India, right? Yeah, yeah. of course. That has not ever been hurtful to anyone. <laughs> um, no um, one has ever done that to me. Um, yeah, absolutely not. That's that never happened, longer. ever. Um, I think... And then, of course, after the party scene, we get the great montage of them having to clean up the house after the party because the family uh, comes back from the water park early. I, lo- I love a good, like, um, like you got to clean up the house fast type of oh. moment. No, like, families movie. are addicted to coming home early in every yeah. media. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> What's the point if they're not going to come home early? Where's the stakes? Where's the drama? Yeah. And there's so much drama as they're playing that na 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 song yeah. in the background, yeah. Um, which of course then leads to all the drama with um, the door and right. the lock on the door. Um, when the big reveal comes, I think uh, Steve Zahn's reaction as the dad is oh, very Steve funny. Oh, Steve Zahn's so good in this. He's the other MVP of the of the series, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I think his energy is so funny. <laughs> yeah, we like, haven't really so talked fun. about him yet, but like, uh, let's put yeah. it on the record that we're all huge Steve Zahn heads. Like, yes. one of my favorite character actors, I think, just in general. He's great. You got to yeah. watch Cowboys with him and Ann Dowd. I've been meaning. To Wait, really hold on. Him yeah. and Ann Dowd have a movie together. Yes, it was played at <laughs> Outfest. I saw it there. Cheers. Um, I mean, like, it's a very like three out of, three out of five movie, but like, I don't know. It's Steve but Zahn. I was a big fan yeah. of both Ann of them. Dowd. Like. Yeah. I, I don't see how that can truly go wrong. It's very um, charming. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just the whole big reveal scene when they, when they, when the family discovers the pictures that were taken at the party. Mm. Like, come on, fun it's stuff. Funny, all it's around. Funny. All around. Um, Greg and Rowley watch The Foot, which is like this fake horror yep. movie. At one point, it's a great gag. Yeah, it's a it's great a great gag. gag. Um, the Quentin Tarantino joke. Blah blah blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, um, um, yeah. I hear that um, Blumhouse Pictures has actually optioned the foot for release in yeah. February 2022. Stay the foot dark web. Yeah, yeah. Like the foot is kind of interesting because it feels very much inspired by those like grindhouse uh, right. shorts they did. Like it reminds me a lot of the Edgar Wright don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Short. Um, that's all I have to say about that. Um, the foot election year. <laughs> the forever foot um of course <laughs> foot one of the things brahms the foot too brahms the foot too. <laughs> uh, one of the things the movie introduces that we didn't that we haven't gotten into yet is um is that bill played by friend krenz joins loaded diaper and leads it to the tension in the band right. um it's funny when whenever friend krenz shows up in other movies i'm like oh it's just bill from loaded diaper 
Like, he's, like, the lead of Cabin in the Woods pretty much by the end. Right, and yeah. it's like, wow. It's just Bill from Loaded Diaper. Right, he plays the stoner. Yes, um, he's the stoner, which he plays in this movie, too. Yeah. Um, you know. And then, then we got, um, after they're grounded, they have to stay at the, at the retirement home with Grandpa Heffley. Um, of course, I love the part when they, when they play the game, um, where they have to like, like name something funny, and then oh, yeah, yeah, Roderick yeah. does a great spit take. Yep. Um, <laughs> great, great performance there. Um, you know, uh, leads to Greg talking to Holly, which feels like a dream sequence. I remember at the time thinking it was in the theater because it seemed very unrealistic. It's, yeah, it's very just like would happen in the book. Out of nowhere, I don't know. Yeah. It is out of nowhere, but I do kind of like it because it does provide some. Like Greg isn't just entirely an asshole the entire yeah. movie like he is in the first one. Like you do realize, like he does have some sympathy. Yeah, I would say so. Um, this movie covers a lot of narrative ground. Like it's that's what like, I'm saying. Like they combine so many it's gags. So, it's a it's lot. It's like bit after bit into. after bit after bit. Yeah. yeah, like there's like there's so much density to this structure. I think that just you know it's a multi-layered facet. It kind of feels like a season of TV in a in a movie, like the way that Alita Battle Angel does. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which don't, in don't this give case Disney like is any ideas. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's charming, though. Yeah. It's a children's yeah. movie. I have a... Um, oh, wait, no, are you still going? Sorry. Yeah, just... And then just one more bit that that leads to is just... Um, it's just the whole sequence of Greg running around in his underwear and being mm-hmm. a peeping Tom. Right. Ladies. Another um, gag from know, the book that I remember. It was a gag in the book um, taken from... Yeah. And I think Brian De Palma's entire career was inspired yeah. by this, yeah. um, <laughs> this gag. Um... And yeah, and then it just leads to the talent show, which is a great finale. Everyone loves it. Mm-hmm. Um, like it I just, I genuinely it. think it's like a good combination of like just a bunch of actors who are like really fun, doing their thing, very game, and then like source material that they know when to take from, they know when to deviate from, and like the source material itself is like pretty funny, has a lot of good gags, and mm-hmm. um, I just think. It's a good adaptation. Like we were just talking about Percy Jackson, bad adaptation. This yeah. to some, good adaptation. to some, I like. So like, what I'm interested in is like, do you think today like the target audience? So like, what like young like elementary to maybe middle school kids? Do you think they're still like into Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Do you think that still has like a sort of like thing going on? Because I remember like when we were all that age, that was like the height of like literature. That was like mm-hmm. getting like a Dostoevsky book. Do kids even doorstep. read books anymore? That's what I was going to say. Cause like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to tell. I, cause I know, I feel like it's definitely, they're still making them like, yeah, they're still making the books. I would, we need to find if anyone wants to, I don't know. Knows a kid. If anyone knows a kid, just ask for us. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let us I, know my if theory is that kids, kids don't read in. books anymore. Like, yeah, like there hasn't really been a kid's book sensation in a while. Or even like a tell. YA thing. Like yeah, adults read YA books now. Yeah. yeah I and like think... obviously that's a craze we'll get into more in other movies. But, yeah. you know, it is definitely interesting in terms of Diary Wimp Kid just being like, you know, a kid in middle school. Totally. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing the movie covers is there is a mid credit scene. Um, 
Marvel, you're nothing. Yeah, Marvel, um, try again. Where there's a whole subplot in the movie where Greg is trying to go viral, which, you know, we can all relate to. We all want to go viral in, mm-hmm. some, in some ways. Um, where, you know, Rally sings TikTok, which was a funny gag in the yeah, second trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very funny. Um, and he finally achieves success by getting millions of views by posting the mom dancing at the talent show video. Mm-hmm. Um, finally revealing to Roderick that that's what they were cheering about. It's a great, great ending. Um, beautiful mid credit scene, you know, mm-hmm. tying the lid on something that didn't need to be tied, you know. Great ending to a great film. Great I'm looking at Scholastic's like best-selling books right now, and a lot of these are like books that we grew up on. Like, yeah, you give a mouse a cookie, pigeon rides a bus, Coke or Pepsi. That's right, because I do remember now. I have a like, question: you know, Is Coke or Pepsi on the list? It or is. No? It's not there. Ah, oh, come on, people <laughs> aren't. Kids have ask- apps now. Kids have apps. They people have aren't Snapchat. asking the tough questions these days. Coke or Pepsi? You know. <laughs> I would love to ask that question. This does kind of re- make me remember though that like. You know, we're all crazy people, and when the Kids' Choice Awards come around, we always, like, look at what the nominations yeah, are. Yeah, d- are year. we still stuffing the bell box for Diary of a Wimpy Kid, or what's up? Like, I feel like, uh, like when you look at the book categories, they're still, like, nominated, like, The Hunger Games and stuff. Yeah, like, I know, think, I don't long... know, kids' books are just always kind of, like, perennial favorites. I feel like it's yeah. tough for, like, a new thing to break through, because, like, it's well, all, yeah. always just kind of going to be, like, handed day, down. Though, Diary of a Wimpy Kid was new. Yeah, but that's, like, there's a couple that, like, break out probably every decade. And besides that, it's kind of just, like, the standards, yeah. you know? I just feel like there's not a phenomenon like there was. It's absolutely not, no. You know, after, maybe, we're just after. Not, maybe we're just not, like, 11. After, yeah. That might be it. That, <laughs> I guess, but we, we like, obsessively track movies. So, like, we would know if there was, like, a new YA adaptation. Chaos yeah. Walking. Yeah, that is correct. There, chaos is walking. <laughs> By new, in our you movie mean theaters. five years <laughs> in development? Yeah, five years in the making. Chaos yeah, walking. Book come out? Like, I don't who knows? know. Who, who cares? knows? Who cares? But yes, this is one of my favorite movies to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, is it nostalgia? Absolutely. Um, but you know, I think it accomplishes everything the Diary of a Wimpkin series should do mm-hmm. in two in just a nice. Like, not, uh, I was going to say 90 minutes, but it's actually 100 minutes, as I'm seeing now. Yeah. So, mm, a lot to say. you know, a lot of there's that. Coming. Yes. Um, and just one last thing on, on, on Diary of Kid Roger Cools. I'm sorry. I know. I'm talking a lot. But um, if you go to the Wikipedia page for Diary of Kid Roger Cools, um, at least the production and distribution passages um, were written by me at 10 years old. Oh, my God. Good. Good. Yeah, you've told us this, but it still is always just like, oh my god. You are in deep. You are in deep. That's how deep it was. In case you weren't already sure, this is how into this I was. Oh my like, god. Like, truly. Like, I don't think it's... At, are your like, edits people, still up? They're still there, right? Yeah, no, the Gulliver's Travels thing. Like, that. Like I wrote that. Thank like, god. I wrote that. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Um, Owen Larkin yeah. putting history onto... Yeah. The library it needed of to be noted. Being it needed to be noted. Speak. Like some kids have Star Wars. Like I had Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we all kind of fall in the same place on this movie, which is like we saw it when it came out at the age we were supposed to see it. Yeah. Um, and we all liked it. I mean, we Owen to the is next like grade. Yeah, and Owen's like a much bigger fan than I am. Yeah, but Owen's. I know this like movie like the back here. of my hand. Mm-hmm. I can like 
it, it, it's running in my head constantly. Yeah. Like I, but I enjoy I it. it. I enjoy it. I like it. And now Good for movie. now for a movie that is perhaps the opposite on the enjoyability, likability, and quality scale. And this is the movie that personally I was drawn to um, in this like choosing this as the deadline because you can't not talk about this movie it is oh uh, you important. cannot talk about this movie. movie it's actually somehow feels more relevant than these weeks that we're at that we're in right now yeah it's, um, one would some might say it's perennially relevant no eternally <laughs> relevant. i wouldn't say so snyder fever is still taking the nation oh is it unfortunately oh, boy, is so it. i guess we fall a little bit differently with this movie than we do roderick like there's less of it yeah even that's fair to say i don't think anyone's gonna say that they edited the sucker punch wikipedia yeah no we weren't i was i did not i was not invested <laughs> sucker punch at all i had just seen it for the first time this week and um oh boy oh boy oh boy is right yeah. i think that's that's the my also main reaction to this i was like this movie is really interesting um it is. i would not say good but it is Really, really interesting. It's literally I think terrible. It might just be the cornerstone to understanding um, Mr. Snyder in all his glory. Yes, well, to well, be glory, clear. not so fast. <laughs> I before, no Zack Snyder praise. Um, no, I've not accepted any before of that. the um, closed-minded um, Snyder bigots enter the chat. Let me just set the table <laughs> and say that this is his only non-adaptation film. It, shows. it is the only film that he had. Yes, it had, had spawned from an original idea in Zack Snyder's head, and it an idea shows. he should have. Yeah, an idea he should have kept there. He should have. But kept but there. it is like maybe as Owen said, the key to unlocking his brain. Maybe like, I don't know. I'm not interested like, in unlocking Snyder's brain. A grand like tapestry of like huge action set pieces, of tons of green screen CGI, where you don't really know what's going on <laughs> at any given moment in the action sequences it's just i would mm, i would like, I like them <laughs> oh i i kind of do too i think it's i think it's i think it gets across his ideas in yes. the only way he knows how <laughs> okay before <laughs> we so jump nice. into the nitty-gritty of this since neither of you since both of you have seen this movie for the first time this week yeah yeah let Never me just jump it. into my history with this film yeah, go so ahead, it came out in 2011 right <laughs> okay march 25th so, yeah came out in 2011 i was 11 years old um it was released on dvd later that year uh the next year i was hanging out a lot at the library um, because they had a Nintendo Wii there, um, and I would play it with my friends there sometimes. You know, it was like a like a like a recreational zone for our community. Thank you, Port Jefferson. Um, so there were shelves and shelves of DVDs, and I loved to pour over the shelves and was always looking for new movies to watch. And then I saw this movie called Sucker Punch, and I looked at the cover and I was like, "This looks awesome! This is so cool! This looks edgy! It looks..." fun it looks scary there's pretty girls kicking butt i love you know my mom raised me up on girl power this looks cool so i i rented it out and i brought it home to my mom and i said let's watch sucker punch and me and my mom watched sucker punch together your and... poor mother i would have just been <laughs> like you know like oh my god i would have had a little like annie situation it's just like you're going to the orphanage after that one i'm sorry <laughs> 
suffice to say, um, my mom was not the biggest fan. Um, she found it to be stressful and um, unpleasant, which I think are two words that many people would associate with Sucker Punch. Yeah. However, I will say that I was the target demographic for this movie at 12 years old. And I think that's the case for all Zack Snyder movies is like they are just adult enough that when you watch them at 13, you're like, wow, this is something that is edgy and groundbreaking and very cool. Um, it is not necessarily. But at the time, I thought it was interesting. I didn't love it, though. So, like, I think that speaks to this movie's profound failure is that, like, to a 12-year-old goth boy, it's still not great. <laughs> <laughs> like, I still, I never really liked this movie. I watched it, I was like, eh, eh, I don't, I don't I, really want this. Yeah. I like, still I don't, don't want it. I don't think the first hour is that bad, in my opinion. Like, I think prior <sighs> to them... Um, First of all, for to be clear for our listeners, uh, this week we all watched the extended cut, yeah. as, as Zaddy intended. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> like, I, Matt turned it on, like, we turned it on, and you were like, oh, I think this is the extended cut. I was like, you're joking. There's an extended <laughs> cut. There's, we could have had less of this movie. Yeah, despite yeah. only having seen it, like, once, um, almost ten years ago now, I will say that I've remembered pretty vividly and could tell what scenes had been, uh, you know, altered. Uh, yeah. Specifically, spoiler alert: the whole like John Ham phallus as lobotomy Pike thing was um. That's not in the theatrical. Cut? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. Really? She just gets lobotomized. Huh? She just gets oh. lobotomized. She still gets lobotomized, but it's just like the girl escapes. Hmm. Like, oh, okay. No, none I guess of that, that makes like, John yeah. Hamm, like that's probably better, actually. Yeah, you're I right. Guess. I mean, it's just like definitely. <laughs> I think it's like no matter what it is a dark ending and it's not necessarily audience friendly but I think that this version really pulls the rug out from under you in a, an especially cruel way that makes it hurt more yeah. and I think I understand why Warner Brothers was like you know we'll let you keep the lobotomy but you gotta just go straight into it you can't do this whole like fake out thing yeah I think that's the biggest issue with the movie. And then it's also, it's like, like, rape as, like, salvation. Like, he's kind of, like... It's needlessly cruel to yeah. its main character. It's, like, even her fantasy is still a man sexually assaulting her. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, boy, Zack Snyder. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> like, obviously ambitious in what it's trying to do, but, like, it really doesn't come together. Even though I, like, I do think parts of it are kind of interesting. I think like, that, like, in, what's... In a bubble. Yeah. What's precisely confusing and, like, just, like, a fucking failure in, in this movie is that there's a le- the The concept of the movie is, like, there are levels of reality, right? Like, there's the real world, yes. and then there's, there's like the, the dream world. There's the doo-doo <laughs> garbage. And- <laughs> <laughs> but there's the real world, and then there's the dream world. But the real world is... There's three timelines, because there's the real world, then there's the the... The, bo- the brothel. That's what I'm trying to say, though. And then there's the other and dream yeah, and then the, and, and then there's say, the Xbox 360 cutscenes. <laughs> yeah. What I'm trying to say is that the fact that there is, like, mental asylum slash brothel, and then under that, another layer of fantasy is needlessly complicated. You gotta just pick one. It's gotta be mental asylum and she escapes to fantasy, or mental asylum that's also a brothel. You can't do all three. It's too much. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. 
Um, and each time they go to the fantasy world, it's a different like place. <laughs> I think more so than any other movie in this man's filmography, this movie is entirely defined by music video. Yeah, aesthetics. no, this movie is like I had. I was thinking during it. Um, it's weirdly reminiscent of Moulin Rouge and like people in the music department. Absolutely. People in the music department for Sucker Punch were part of Moulin Rouge. So definitely Zack Snyder. At least something interesting about this movie is that it has that very Moulin Rouge feeling to it and it's very like music video indebted. But I think that um you know there's it's a fucking music video. There's nothing here. Yeah. Like from the, from frame one when it's like her escaping like the, the tune of a cover of uh, Sweet Dreams Sweet Are Made Dreams. of This by the Eurythmics. Yes. A great song. Yeah, and it's very much going on the whole every frame a painting thing it's, where it's yeah. like everything's aesthetic. And, like you know. yes. I don't know. It's yeah. It, it it's weird because there is a little bit of that like Baz Luhrmann kind of just like Absolutely. throwing everything at it, especially when um. There's that little Carla Gugino and Oscar Isaac music number. It's totally... Yeah. Which was cut from the original. So maybe Warner Brothers That's wanted awesome. him to move away from that Moulin Rouge kind of thing? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, like, almost something interesting about it, but then it's just, like, Zack Snyder being, like, disgusted through the movie. And okay, it's like, I'm not going to say there's almost something interesting. I'm going to say there is something interesting about it. I'm there not particularly interested in it, but um, I don't know. They almost got me with the Bjork song. I'll give you that. Uh, that is like the best part of the movie. They yeah, like that's the best part of the too. movie. But when she's like fighting like the monsters, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know. And well, she fights Glenn. the monster Scott and then Glenn's she there. defeats the monster you can... and then it plays again and then it plays over the end credits. You could trick me with a Bjork song to like be into anything. Like that's just how it's going to yeah. go. But like, I don't know. This movie, ugh. Like, come on. Yeah, no, this, I believe I described that to Matt when I was talking about it a little bit about it the other day. I was like, like, it feels like Edgelord Baz Luhrmann. Oh my God, ways. that's exactly what it is. Cause it's like, <laughs> <sighs> that's kind of the problem I think with like Zack Snyder's maximalist Baz Luhrmann style in this movie is that Baz Luhrmann, first of all, doesn't work for everyone. He works for me, yeah. but I think he works for me because he's doing like big emotions. It's big, it's like romance. Yeah, it's and- a love and it's not supposed to be realistic whereas Zack Snyder is like this is real life this is people are getting lobotomized women are being abused and tortured but it's with this like super heightened fantasy element that just doesn't fit that it's like a combination like Zack Snyder thinks he's making like a Michelle Haneke movie but he's making a Mountain Dew commercial like I don't understand like what Zack Snyder thinks he's making here because yeah uh it the like the edgelord Baz Luhrmann thing totally makes sense and I agree with you Matt it's like uh, like you can't do the hyper stylization and stuff and try to pretend you're like grounded in like realism and like try to be that Mm. like dark gritty whatever like it doesn't work at all it comes off as fetishistic yeah, absolutely. 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 And I get that, like, but that's the other thing, too, that's weird about it, is it feels like it should be kind of leaning in more to the satire element of, like, you know, like, if they're gonna, like, go through... With, I don't like, think Zack know, Snyder knows the word satire, but... That's an issue, yes. Um, like, if they're gonna go through with, like, the sort of, like, hypersexualization of the girls in, like, the fantasy sequences, like, there should at least be, like, something to say about that, really. And I get that, like, like at least like when people try to like talk about it that they 
say it's like an indictment of like fan culture and stuff. But like Zack Snyder, like that's yeah, there really. Zack Snyder like, wants his wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to be like this is a movie that's commentary on like the male gaze and the objectification mm-hmm. of women, and yet turns around and does the same exact thing and has them in these like crazy outfits like totally filming them in like a leering like pervy way like it's so like uh, this movie is so frustrating and irritating and i don't know i can get why someone can eat it too that's what i said in a mental asylum and in the brothel and And in in a dragon lair yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) like it's just steampunk world war ii like yeah i can like i can maybe understand why someone might be into this movie but it's just like there's too much here that Zack Snyder is doing that just turns me off from it and just is, like, infuriating. So I It just... should be the biggest smash of all time, and it's not. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, uh, I can't Not really. really. I, can't I can't really imagine, imagine a version of this movie. I, can, I can't imagine a version. Yeah, I can't imagine a version of this movie where it's, like... Like, like if you took all the parts of Sucker Punch, but it was a different person, it's still not going to be good. Like, still at its core, I think this would be a horrible movie. Yeah, but I also feel like at its core, there's still, like, something you could do there and make this more of, like, a showgirls-type Verhoeven-esque um, sort of... No, you know, not really. Thing. I don't know. Not I on a big scale. The fact that they're, like, captive in the mental asylum and forced yeah, to perform definitely is so dark. Down. Yeah, it's that's, so that's dark. its biggest issue. It's, like, something that's, like, so dark and vile that it makes you want to vomit, and then it's, like... And it's being shot like a Mountain Dew commercial. Yeah. It's, like, but they're so empowered. Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. No. Like, (laughs) This movie is literally irritating. Also, like, when does it take place? Oh, it's, like, I think it, uh, I think it's, like, the (laughs) 60s. But also they're playing Bjork, so who knows? Yeah, and it, well, it's like, why did the, why are all these girls like fantasy sequences, like these hyper specific Dungeons and Dragons mo- fantasies about like World War II bunkers? Like, because that's what he knows how to do. That's I know, but like, it just do. doesn't make sense because it's like hypothetically, this is from the women's perspective and what they imagine while they're like doing sexually yeah. degrading things. But like, why do they fucking care about World War II? <laughs> like, why <laughs> are there know. steampunk zombies? Why are um, there robots? Quickly, I think we should run down the cast just so we. Yeah, we need so to get, get our rundown because this has a yeah. real like. Yeah. All right, <laughs> like you just hear sure. this, it's like sure, okay. That's a good cast. I like the cast. Uh, so first, we got Emily Browning as Baby Doll. Yeah. Queen. Yeah. yeah, Emily Browning. This is like this movie has a lot of people where it's like if they're in your movie, like you're doomed. Like. Yeah. yeah. Like really plastered like all over the posters too, and just like it's just this girl, and yeah. Like, she does okay. I don't know. <laughs> I tried watching American Gods, and she's, like, the main lead in it, or, like, the second lead in it, and I just couldn't get over the fact that it, she was in Soccer Punch. Like, <laughs> just kind of ruined it. Uh, then we have Abby Cornish as Sweet Pea. Queen. Um, she pops up in a lot of random things. She's like... uh, Robocop's wife in the 2014 remake. <laughs> That's the one you pulled? <laughs> That's all I remember her in. Oh, she's uh, in Limitless. So big, big 2011 for Abby. Yeah, yeah big two weekends. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we got Jenna Malone as Rocket. Queen. I love Jenna yeah, Malone. We love Jenna Malone. It's a huge queen. Um, like, genuinely a really good actress, I would yeah, say. I yeah, I like Jenna Malone a lot. Um, yeah. She just has a presence. Like Star of the Batman vs. Superman Ultimate Cut, of course, too. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's the, like, scientist, right? Something, yeah. That she was not in the theatrical version. Right. She has big glasses, um, I think. Or, like, black yes. hair. Oh, yeah. People thought she was going to be Robin or something. Right, right. Yeah. I, yeah. 
Um, I will say, yeah, Jenna Malone, I love that she, everything she's in, you're like, this girl's crazy. Like, yeah. she just has crazy energy. And yeah. I love that. I love that she always brings that. Unfortunately, she appears in a lot of really bad movies. What are some oh, of, yeah. what's like, some of her? She popped up in um, Antebellum last oh, year. No. And she has that exact same crazy energy, except she's like a racist plantation owner yeah. is the whole twist. You know, they movie. should have cast her in Get Out. She would. I don't know if that would have been too obvious, because Alison Williams kind of plays it straight at the beginning. But, like, mm-hmm. she would yeah. have been a no, good, crazy, mean. like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a shame that movie's really bad. Um, not get out. Not get out. We're talking not about get out. Not antebellum. Yes. Um, next, we got, of course, um, Vanessa Hudgens is blonde. Oh, I just wanted to say, sorry, that um, Jenna Malone's yeah. also in the Neon Demon, where she oh, plays a um, right. predatory right. lesbian who's also a nymphomaniac, or not nymphomaniac. Yeah. Um, what's the one where you fuck dead people? Necrophilia. Necrophilia. Yeah. Yes. We should cut Again. this out. <laughs> Again, crazy performance in bad movie. Um, but she is good in, you know, two general performances, I will say, are very good. Inherent Vice. Oh, um, my God. I forgot she's in that. Right. Everyone and their and mothers she... in Inherent Vice, yeah. <laughs> and I think she's also her. very good in a movie no one's seen, except probably Willa, if you're listening. Uh, Love Song, starring Jenna Malone and Riley Keough. Oh, I remember hearing about that movie. I've heard it's pretty yes. good. Yeah. Yes. Very She's also great too. in the Hunger Games. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Well, we know real presence in those. Um, Vanessa Hudgens. Um, so yes, Queen. Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, Vanessa. Three Hudgens. Three years after High School Musical ended. Couple weeks after um, Beastly started. Couple weeks after Beastly, she's trying to break out. Um, Doesn't she's really. She's already breaking. She's already broken out to me. I would say. Oh, Dance I'm sorry. Soft. No, she um, broke out with Sneaker Night. Everyone remembers. Yeah. yeah. America's <laughs> putting their sneakers on. Ugh. Like a lot of love for Vanessa. Yeah. yeah, she was still dating Zach at the time. Of course, right. he wanted um, to be in Sucker Punch. Apparently, he wanted to be in Sucker Punch. Was an article I found this week. Um, as listeners will find out, I am a huge Zach Efron fan, but I like Vanessa too a lot. I, I think, love her. I think she's a lot of fun, and I liked seeing her. In Has this she too. been up to like, anything recently? I haven't kept up with Vanessa. <laughs> well, she's been flirting. <laughs> with Bad Boys for Life. Oh my God, Bad Boys for Life. Yeah. Oh, and also, <laughs> yeah, she has she, cornrows. Yeah. Also, um, yeah. her little, like... The princess switched again. Oh, my God. Right, the princess switch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then we got Jamie Chung as Amber. She was mm-hmm. in Grease Live. Um, oh, yeah. Grease Live's kind oh, yeah, of good. So, yeah, Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, Jamie Chung's another person who's just kind of randomly popped up in a bunch of things. She's Not really, really weird in this movie. She's, like, the yeah. driver in the fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why do they need a driver in the fantasy? <laughs> You're asking a lot of questions know. from Sucker Punch. And like, why is the one non-white girl, like, the, like, support character? Like, that's so... Oh, it's whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, also, she narrates it, I think. Really? Really? The, I thought that was Baby at, Doll. At the end, it credited, like... I believe it credited Amber as, like, the one who was... Like, oh, yeah, you're right. She does narrate, like, some of the, like, fantasy stuff. Okay. I just remember. I yeah. I don't know if yeah. something are cut out and whatever. Um, then we got one of Zack Snyder's faves, Carly, Carla Giugino as Vera Bestie. Queen. Bestie. <laughs> Her accent in this movie. Oh, so that was a fun r- reveal. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like the, the casting was like looking for Polish MILF mid 30s. Like, like why, why does your character in this? And then they like try to have her have the redemption arc where she's like, I am trying to protect the girls from you. <laughs> like, like no you're not 
Oh, very Owen's weird. Movie. Very weird behavior. But she's good. Um, she's fun. She does yeah, her. She's, she's fun. She eats it up. She's, she chews some seeds. Yeah. When we refer to like you know, camp in at small elements here, I think I think Carly. Oh, a little. Sure. Is the closest we sure. Can get to. A little. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, then we got Oscar Isaac looking hey. like the dad from the Adams family. Hey. 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 Oh, you're fucked up for that. he's so ugly in this movie hey you know hey (laughs) the mustache (laughs) listen listen you can you can you can do that you can you can have that that just means hey whatever yeah yeah strange scene this movie again blue jones blue jones yeah yeah oh and and, and carlin gigino as madame vera gorski john ham was the doctor uh, Madam V. Right. Um, by the way, me and Kenny were cackling because after he lobotomizes this girl, he's like, Oh, did you I'm sign the form? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> did he's you like, sign? Oh. The- no, John Hamm, after like the end of the movie where uh, Emily Brown is lobotomized, he's like, Oh, you, you signed the form, right? Like, you signed <laughs> yeah. this piece of I paper. I feel like you wouldn't have signed this. This is kind of weird. She didn't yeah, really this is kind of weird. Like, there was no, like, just like, oh, like a couple hours before, like, okay, just making sure. Like just making sure you act, you want to go through the lobotomy. Like we're yeah. just gonna make sure this is still happening. Like any second <laughs> thought. Afterward, she's immediately like, "No, I didn't sign off." She's on like, that. "Oopsie." Yeah. Oop. Oopsie. Yeah. I also don't know what they're doing in that ending scene where they like don't show her face for like a long, long time for like no real reason. It's so weird. It's so strange. Uh, but the, finally, we do have Scott Glenn as the wise man, um, who's a king. I love his voice. Oh, Scott Glenn's so. When he pops yeah. up in this movie, I'm always like, hey. When he pops up in anything, I'm always happy. I like, I like seeing him yeah. in movies. Yeah, no, he's great. Always fun voice. He has just such a sense of, like, calm and, like, authority. Yeah. So he's good, well cast. And, like, when, and like when he's, like, listing off missions and stuff, you're like, all right. Yeah, Which are Glenn. video game cutscenes. Yeah. Video game cutscenes <laughs> with literally no bearing on the plot of this movie. They don't whatsoever. even, like, really explain, like, what they're doing mm-hmm. in the dream sequences until, like, very late, too. Right? Like, you, they've gone through at least, like, I mean, three it's of them like before they explain retrieve that, like, something. they're trying to Go retrieve the things to escape. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? Like, when Scott Glenn starts hunch. talking, I'm like, X, 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 like, press X to skip. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so Yeah, he's, he's fulfilling the, the Russell Crowe on the ship in Man of Steel. Yeah. Uh, video game DLC. Does Zack Snyder like video games? Maybe. I don't know. It is very strange this movie exists. I think it's a very much a symptom of 300 fever and Zack Snyder oh just God. being allowed to make whatever he wanted. Yep. Cheers, um, everyone. Because I don't think anyone else would have made. And no one movie. else should have. No one else should have ever <laughs> touched or thought of making this movie. But unfortunately, they let Zack Snyder out for for a spin. And I, I really don't think they would have let him do Man of Steel. Because he was already announced to do Superman before this movie came out. Oh yeah, I do you think? And it kind of shows. Yeah, because this movie totally tanked, right? Like critically and commercially. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, Warner Brothers really, really, really did them. And the marketing was everywhere for this too. Yeah, like, they were really. I remember. The, I remember this movie being pr- pushed pretty hard. Mm-hmm. So they had the huge like Comic Con poster yep. too, where it's like the huge like epic. Thing. Yeah. Like oh, just no one this wanted this. Yeah, like it's hard to like sell people on like a big fandom thing when it's like not based on. It's anything. not based it's on like, anything. It's so horrible. Dark. Yeah, it's so yeah. dark. So it's horrible. so dark. Yeah, it's very really, strange. It's like really like, miserable, and you get the sense that Zack Snyder doesn't find this miserable. He's like, this is entertaining. 
Yeah, he's having a gleeful fun time, and it's just like, oh god, Sucker Punch. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Not a good movie. Not a good movie. Bad However, I did movie. movie. Zack Snyder, Catapult to Space. Yeah. I did watch all of his movies this week um, <laughs> to get you, a better don't, sense. Don't share that with people. Don't share to that To get a better people. sense. I will say that, in retrospect, 300, better than I remembered. I Congratulations. Can't I can't understand okay. why it was a thing. Oh, I get why it's a thing. I don't care. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. To to be clear to our listeners, we are recording this in a pre Snyder cut. Yeah, world. this is um yeah we're in a PSC time uh, <laughs> or I'm sorry BSC time before Snyder cut. Uh, so we don't know what what how Snyder will ascend or descend in the next uh, uh, week or so. Yeah, it's right. You know, it's crazy that this thing's like actually getting off the ground. The Snyder cut four I mean, hours. It's like four hours. I, yeah, four hours Academy ratio. Buckle up! <laughs> like we know they shot it in not like a- academy ratio. Like that's but Snyder's no it. Snyder's no tort. That's an interesting thing about talking about Sucker Punch ten years later. It's like it's the same thing ten years later, where they're just kind of just letting him do whatever he like, wants ha- because because the fans are begging for it though. Yeah, it's so weird. It's, oh this is God. not a case of the studio being like, "Hey, no. we love this guy." <laughs> no, they were like, okay, they were you're being done. like held at gunpoint by like. <laughs> <laughs> Batman vs Superman Twitter, and they were like, "Oh my god, if we don't like, like I swear to God, they got like an ultimatum and like a yeah. mail bomb." Like they the thought Warner they were Brothers gonna offices. get bombed if they didn't. Yeah. The Snyder. <laughs> like, oh my god. Like I don't think Julian Assange got as much press coverage as Zack Snyder during this. Right. Shit. Like, right. <laughs> just crazy hype for like movies yeah. that are bad. Bad movies. Bad movies. I don't understand it. But yeah, budget, uh, eighty-two million. It's kind of like on screen, though. I like. No, it's not. It's, oh, it's it is. Yeah, it, it looks is. bad. It looks. It cheap. looks bad. It's his. It's his style. Okay, just but on it a looks big cheap. Budget. Like I don't know if you're gonna do the style, you should be like Robert Rodriguez and do it for cheap. You know what I'm saying? I oh, whatever. I don't know. Who cares? The only time you can see it is like in the <laughs> trenches in the World War II stuff. That looks real. Okay. This feels like a good transition to um, sort of wrap up and talk about where these movies are sitting on the box office of this weekend of March 25th to uh, the 27th of 2011. And to put myself back into my 2011 shoes once again. So I was tracking the box office this weekend as I was, you know, at this point in my life. And so Sucker Punch like opened on Friday alongside Roderick Rules. Uh-huh. Sucker Punch won Friday. Okay. Like he made $8 million on Friday. Roderick came in number two on Friday with $7 million. Um, which, and Sucker Punch doing that low was a big, big misfire for yeah. Warner Brothers. Like, they wanted this movie to do much, much better than it actually Scott did. Scott Glenn just didn't give them the right directions to win, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, Roderick Rules with its budget of $21 million... Um, doing seven million on its opening day, mm-hmm. and then rising thirty nine percent on Saturday I know to that's ten right. million dollars. I know that's right. I know that's right. Beating Sucker Punch, which dropped sixteen percent to six million dollars on Saturday. Zack uh-huh. Snyder's a big opening day guy. Like, yeah, like they definitely rely on fanboy crowds. I mean, BVS um, is like one of the. I mean, that's a movie that like makes a yeah. crazy amount. It's like one of the biggest opening Thursdays ever, right? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, like it just is. drops off. 
And then Roger Cruel still won Sunday with 30, dropping 37% to $6 million and Sucker Punch dropping 35% to $4 million. All right, so do you want to run leading, down the box office for this weekend? Yes, leading Roger Cruel's Hell yeah. to open at number one at, with beating <laughs> beating Warner Bros. $82 million Sucker yep, Punch as it at should. number two. As and everyone it, cheers. As it should have. America, I cheered America so had like a Roger Rules beat Sucker Punch parade. There was TV specials. <laughs> like The world was thrilled. I was following these numbers closely. Yep. Go back to brunch afterward. Yeah. <laughs> Keep and going to Roderick. So happy <laughs> because the as Roger I remember, like... Open. Don't get out of line. <laughs> as I remember going to the theater that Friday is that Sucker Punch was in. So, like, my local theater had, like, two, like, big theaters when you walk in. Yep. So, like, you could see to the side, like, what they think the big movie's going to be. And Sucker Punch was playing on both of those damn screens. Diary Wimp Kid so Roger Cruz was in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Not so fast. Yeah. Regal Cinema. If I went to see Sucker Punch in theaters, I'd be so fucking mad. I'd be yeah. so disappointed. I'd just, so, yeah. I'd bring, like, a sack of tomatoes just to throw at the <laughs> yeah. screen. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> um so yeah wimpy kid opens to 23 million dollars uh-huh. um sucker punch opens to 19 million dollars you gotta smile sucker punch losing you gotta smile yeah. i just it's um, there's no world in this in to me in which this movie does well like it's bad it's bad yeah, it's, it's just, miserable it's, it's very strange it's very strange yeah it's a turd number three Stinky. Bad. Number three, we got in its second weekend, dropping only twenty percent, holding really well. Oh yeah, and I guess baby. That, that I guess that makes sense for the fact that this movie is still in the general consciousness ten years later. Yeah, and you can and that's limitless. Yep, and you know if you take the pill, you can expand that general consciousness <laughs> up to got a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Got I was talking TV about this show. with Owen earlier before we started recording. Like, Limitless stuck around. Yeah, and like Bradley Cooper like guest starred on the TV yeah, show Yeah, it's like too. the perfect kind of yeah. just like elevator pitch movie. Like, it's a yeah, real absolutely. high con, like a really great like just high concept. Yeah, yeah. Adderall was actually based on the Limitless pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They just put a little. They put a little like it's like half the Limitless pill and half like sugar placebo. That's the Limitless pill. Or no, that's Adderall. That's Adderall. Yeah. Yes. It's half half the <laughs> limitless pill, half a blixa. Yeah. Yeah. Also dropping only eighteen percent is number four, which is the Lincoln Lawyer. Oh my god. I guess god. adults adults just kinda go see movies, you know? Yeah. Like they used to. Yeah, they used to. Yeah, they used to. Like like opening weekend doesn't really matter to them. Yeah. Like Lincoln Lawyer, they'll go see that shit whenever they want. Uh-huh. <laughs> um then dropping thirty five percent in its fourth weekend, we got Rango. At number five, you know, Rango was a movie that, yeah, made a hundred twenty-three million dollars domestic. Which I remember it as being like a huge flop. Yeah, it did well. I don't know, which why. is weird considering how weird that movie. Yeah, is. like I just don't think people liked it. I <laughs> yeah. liked it, but I don't remember yeah. anyone. Else I felt like it. I don't know. I kind of liked Rango. It wasn't like my like total like. I didn't have like oh my god. I got to tell everyone I know about Rango. Like I went to see it. Yeah. I had an okay time. There's just like a lot of surreal moments in that movie. Like, yeah, really... Rango's weird. It is Rango's very strange. Weird. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the top five at the box office. Yeah, this it is. Weekend. Hey, there you yeah. go. Uh, Any you know, other significant movies on the weekend. on the top ten? Mars Needs Moms. Uh, we also got Paul, Battle Los Angeles, uh, Red Riding Hood. Stuff Adjustment we Bureau. yeah stuff we just talked about. Right, Mars right. Needs Moms. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, we got yeah. 
And I think this is a fundamental weekend in me just kind of, you know, following box office stuff and following all sorts of movie-related things all culminating into, you know, the, it was a real underdog beating beating the, you know, major real, studio. Real, yeah, uh, Roderick yeah. and Goliath, some right. could say. <laughs> Roderick and the giant bunny mech. Yeah. <laughs> Roderick and Scott Glenn yeah. as the bus driver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She I already think, paid um, her fare. I think. Yeah, I think that calls it. Uh, what's that going? On? Yeah, that's want, Sucker yeah. Punch, and that's Roger Rules, baby. What's? Mm-hmm. Oh, and what's next week? We got a good. We got a great lineup next week. We got a great lineup for episode two. Get ready, guys. Yeah. Next week we will be covering Illumination Entertainment's Hop. Um, <laughs> who could forget Hop, right? Yeah. I'm shitting jelly beans excited. with excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to hop into some Russell Brand talk next week. Oh um, God! And Greta, and Greta. Oh, uh, we'll get Arthur's the week after. We'll get to that. Um, oh wait, two oh, weeks right. of Russell Brand. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. Um, then we got then we got Source Code, which I've never seen. Kind of good. I kind of like Source Very Code. Excited. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got the start of a new horror franchise, Insidious. Yeah, let's oh. go. Like the best movie of Such all. Such a time. good movie. Yeah. I'm so excited to talk about Insidious. That's really I think that movie rules. That's like really yeah. one of the like one of my favorite horror movies of the twenty ten, so I'm so excited of to talk about it. Of all time talk. Of yeah. all time for me. Wow. Yeah, no, totally. All right. Yes. Well Well Thank you for, thank listening. You all for listening. Of course, Absolutely. yeah. yeah. And uh, we'll see you next week on Theater yeah. Ten. Yep. The party rockers will be in the house next week. <laughs> All right, everyone, keep on shopping.